1: Good evening, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Thank you for joining us this evening with the hope in your hearts that the 2017 Lions, still unbeaten at this stage, will remain so for a couple of weeks more. And I have today's news bulletin. No one pulled out injured today. Uh, In all seriousness, they've been doing choir practice, apparently. A lot of choir practice for some reason. I don't quite get it, but that's a sort of 2017 thing. Uh, apparently, the uh, Scots have been making themselves herb, which is not, not bad going since there are so few of them. And also, question, uh, any uh, New Zealanders in the house this evening? Excellent. I think we've got hard hats for them. Hand out the hard hats. Uh, no, you're very welcome, and thank you for coming. Um, we have uh, an excellent panel this evening. We have two lions with us. We have one lion, which is that rare breed, which is a lion who was on a uh, winning test series. Uh, We have the 1983 Dorking Under 16 Tennis Champion. That's me, I'm not a lion. (laughs) (coughs) And uh, we have the uh, Sunday Times uh, Rugby Correspondent who has covered every Lions match on every Lions tour since 1972, something like that, (laughs) 1983. Uh, so uh, please can you welcome uh, Steve Jones here at the Sunday Times, uh, Stuart Barnes uh, of uh, 1993 Lions fame and uh, covered every tour since then, and Lawrence Delaglio, part of the winning 97 tour. So, boys, we, between Stuart and Jonesy and Lawrence, there's been a lot of Lions territory covered. As, as journalists, we're supposed to be a bit cold-blooded and impartial. I just wondered, Jonesy and Barnsley, at this, at this stage, on the eve of leaving for a trip like this, do you still feel that rare, raw excitement of, of a massive, major excitement uh, in the sporting world before you, or is it another trip?
2: If you haven't got a childish excitement for going on another Lions tour, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing it, really. Uh, I'm looking forward to it massively. Um, there's bound to be stories, bound to be heroism, triumph, sporting, triumph, sporting disaster, so absolutely.
3: I think um, when you write and you broadcast so every weekend for 20-odd years plus, there are times when you think, this is flat. And then you get a good game, and that gets you up. And the European Champions Cup final was something like that. And then you get the next thing, which makes you just get so excited. Now, I'm, I'm not a very excitable character most of the time. Yes, I, can, I can be morose. I can be pissed. Um, <laughs> but
4: just when you write.
3: I just about have a memory. And uh, even now, I can go back 24 years and... It's a great thing Lions Tours, you know, because when you say, I was on the last but one, it always makes you feel as if you're quite recent and young. Of course, that was 24 years ago. Um, <laughs> but I remember I, I led the Lions out. I was captain for the first game in Vongaray, where this tour will start. It was one of the most exciting moments of my life, let alone my sporting life. So to concur with Steve, yes, if you're not up for this tour, then you've got no right to be, call yourself a, a rugby fanatic, journalist, player, anything. And, and, Lawrence, do you, do you feel, because you were
1: a Lion, is that bloodline running through you? Is that, are they your family out there that you're supporting?
4: Yeah, well, good evening, everyone. I mean, I, I get terribly excited about the Lions Tour, because I, I did a little bit of research before I became a Lion, and found, you know, read about some of the great tours and the history, and I think it's understanding what, that, what it really means. And um, most sporting contests are, are fairly sort of even, 50-50. The Lions Tour is not even in any way whatsoever. I mean, the whole thing is set up to fail, miraculously. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you're, you're not even a team until last week, um, and you're playing against the best team in the world. So, I mean, how is that in any way fair? Um, but what makes it so spectacular is that you have to overcome these incredible odds where you have to fly across the world, play against an entire nation, and it literally is you, you against the whole country. So, I think that um, in, in the rare... Occasions when they do get it right, and the chemistry does mix well together, and, and you see these winning tours, it creates something incredibly special. Because if I asked every single player, you know, what what is the pinnacle of your career, even in the modern era um, where the Lions is fighting for, you know, its survival, um, I th- I'd like to think the players would say it's the greatest, um, you know, it's the greatest achievement of my rugby career. In fact, James Haskell, who's just replaced. Billy Vinopola said the same and, and every other line will tell you the same and
1: so, you say that as a World Cup winner
4: I mean I, you suggested that Oh, before. The 97 lines came before the World Cup anyway by the way and, <laughs> and, and it was the greatest you're exp- good with your dates the greatest you? experience of my life really um, in, in that sense because uh, everything that you learn as an individual you, uh, as a rugby player as a person has to be put out on the table and shared with the people that you don't particularly like uh, <laughs> 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 and uh, And that takes a bit of doing, trust me, (laughs) you know, that, I mean, for Alliance Tour to be successful, you know, you can't wait until week two, three, four, five to, to suddenly come out of your shell. You have to, you have to open up your, your everything, um, your rugby DNA, your, 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 you know, everything that that, that makes you the person you are has to be shared with the group. And, um, you know, and that changes the relationship you have with those players forever. Um,
2: Well, in what Lauren says, uh, uh, as a player, um, it, it, it's it, we, can't, we shouldn't be downbeat at these moments but we all want Lions to win I'm sure you guys are going to maybe some of you are going to go maybe some of you are going to go to your rugby clubs on early in the morning on, on Saturdays to watch it over an early morning I guess but they get together on Sunday they've got to go to a dinner on Sunday of all things that's just what you want let's go to a bloody dinner and not drink and, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they fly on Monday they arrive on Wednesday they play on Saturday now Uh, I'm afraid that um, it's not be downbeat. It it is still a joyous thing, but these days that level of preparation is 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 dangerous for a start. But you know the idea that you can be ready for for get 41 players ready for the first test in two three weeks time is ridiculous. So I just think that you know I'll never stop until they give the Lions proper preparation, which is three weeks minimum. Uh, Lawrence on his tour it came off because. There were just some magnificent characters there, but um, they really are, the dice is really loaded against them. Stu.
3: Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, the other thing about Lawrence's tour, South Africa, um, and, and luck plays a part. Carl Duplessis, who was a wonderful player, uh, proved himself to be the most inept manager of all time. And uh, <laughs> Neil Jenkins, very good fullback, not a very good fullback, and a very good fly half, not a very good fullback, played fly half. The Lions' gamble, of course, was that South Africa wouldn't have enough sense to rain high balls down on him, and in commentary, I'm thinking, well, it's obvious that's all the box are going to do, and they didn't put one high ball, and you need a bit of luck at some stage, and that, that's absolutely true, but I mean, I, w- one thing I, I would say, I, I agree with Steve and Lawrence, the preparation time is is ludicrous, but it actually makes you think if they pull it off, what does this amount to? I think. No offence to Lawrence, but I think if the Lions win this series against the world champions, one of the greatest teams ever in New Zealand, with a lack of preparation and the schedule of fixtures, will be the greatest achievement by a distance by any Northern Hemisphere uh, rugby team. And the other thing I'd briefly say is, don't just measure this tour by do they win or lose the series. Because of the quality of the opposition they're playing, you know, if, if you watch Super Rugby, just about four of the best, maybe five of the best five teams are the New Zealand Five. And the Lions are just going bang, bang, bang. It's like the back straight at Sandown. The fence has just come at you non-stop. really difficult. And if the Lions win four of those games and they win one of the test matches, taking everything into account, I think it will actually be more of an achievement than winning a test series in Australia. It's that difficult.
1: But, Barnsley, everyone will remember it as a winner or a loss test series. Yeah, of course. (coughs) That's how it will
3: go down. That's how it is. Owen, on that one, Lions Tour, you know, we've been on a lot of tours between us all. You say to me one of the most memorable Lions fixtures ever, I say 2009 second test, Loftus first felled against the champions of the world, South Africa. And I remember the fighting that was going on. South Africa were magnificent. de Dupriya was at his peak. O'Driscoll jumped up when uh, who was the substitute came on, the great big giant flanker, smashed him. It was was utterly illegal. I'm in commentary saying, great hit, Draco, (laughs) and and, and they lost. Uh, They they won the third test, which was just, you know, it mattered neither here nor there. But not always, people will remember it, but maybe they should just remember sometimes heroism isn't just in the winning of it, it's in the competing. And they can they can lose this series and be great lions. It's,
1: It's also what the players remember as well. I've, I've just um, been doing this uh, uh, project for the Times, which uh, Times readers will be very lucky to read in a few days' time. Um, <laughs> <coughs> there, are, um, there are 12, um, 12 uh, living Lions captains, past living Lions captains, before Sam Warburton, and I'd spoken to all 12 of them. And all the losing captains, they all say two things what a great experience it was, and I can't believe we lost the thing. They, they're still sore. The oldest one is um, 85 Ronnie Dawson from 1959. And uh, I, and th- those lines got beaten by uh, a terrible refereeing decisions in the first test. And I said, um, "Do you uh, remember the name of the referee?" And he just spat out that any thought at all. Alan Fleury, the bastard. <laughs> 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 so, so, so they all know. Um, but that that's that was a, a a Kiwi tour, which is part of uh, you know another part of the thing that the odds uh, where the odds are set against. Uh, uh, so. Lawrence, you did a Kiwi Lions tour for a couple of weeks. <laughs>
3: About
4: 20, yeah. 21 minutes. You, you were the sort of
1: Billy, Billy Vanapola of, of, uh, of 2005.
4: Oh, that was a nightmare. I Broke my leg, yeah, thanks for that. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Barnes, you saw a whole Lions tour in New Zealand. I just, I just wonder from, from your point of view, so from a journalist's point of view, I think maybe comment in a minute what it's like actually being there, but from a player's point of view, uh, the reception, how hard it is, what the games are like. I mean, it, it, it's, it's not a myth that it's different and harder than anywhere else, is it?
3: No, there's a, there's a major intensity. It's a psychological thing, because wherever you go, there's no escape. If a team comes to play in anywhere in Britain, there's major pockets of the country where no one knows who the hell they are. It's not like that in New Zealand. I mean, I was, uh, so about four years ago in the World Cup, and I was staying in a place called Nelson, commentating on a World Cup match between... Uh, Italy and the USA. It was a big game. I needed to be there. There's some lovely wine in Nelson. Um, <laughs> and I was recovering the day of the match in my hotel room. <laughs> and the cleaning lady came in about 10 to 1 in the afternoon. And she looked at me and she said, Aren't you the bloke that played for England against New Zealand? And I went, what? I said, what, a long time ago. 1985, she said. I said, yeah, that was me. And she looked at me and said, If you'd have had a left foot, you wouldn't have been half bad a player. (laughs) If if Jack Rowell, if Jeff Cook, if Dick Best had told me that, I'd have amounted to something. (laughs) They know everything there is to know about the game and they'll never let you off the hook. Well, just
2: before we get onto the positive things, I have to say that your concept of the heroic Lions in defeat, I'm afraid I don't buy it. I think there's a bloke on my right who who wouldn't buy that at all. And I think that if the Lions are going to be as as big as we all know they are, and 35,000 people are going to go down there. We either got to prepare properly three or four weeks, and everybody's got to move up, or we should stop doing it. Because I don't think Lawrence would have come back from '97 had they lost the second test and said, Oh, we did really well there, uh, we were heroes in
4: defeat. No, no, you're right. And, and New Zealand, make no mistake about it, is the hardest place in the world to play rugby um, and to, to win. We were lucky enough to go over there with England uh, just before the World Cup, and the reason we went there is because uh, Clive would actually asked us, you know, who's actually played in New Zealand in in an English shirt, and very few players put their hand up. And then he said, who's actually won a Test match in New Zealand, and no one put their hand up. And so he said, well, you know, until you, you can do a lot of things in rugby. You know, you can you can win championships, European cups, but actually if you don't win a game in New Zealand against the All Blacks, you know, would you not feel that there's something missing in your, in your sort of CV of all the great things to do on, in rugby? And I think the feeling was, yeah, of course there is. But um, the one thing you need to, to win in New Zealand is belief that you can win, because the All Blacks do have an aura about them. Um, and if you don't believe that you can win, you're in serious trouble. And hopefully these Lions, when they sit together in their room, you know, that they will believe that. Because when Warren Gatlin asked the same question, how many of you have actually beaten New Zealand? You know, a lot of hands will go up from the Irish because they won in Chicago, and that was a a fantastic performance, you know, and that was a great victory. There'll be a few hands going up from the the English players, uh, and they've beaten New Zealand, but they've never beaten them in New Zealand. So when he asked that question, how many of you have actually won a Test match here in New Zealand? Not one of those British Lions have ever done that Um, for any of their countries. Wales have never beaten New Zealand in New Zealand, and Scotland (laughs) haven't either. So, you know, they've got an opportunity to do something that they've never done before. But what that tells you is that if they want to do that, they're going to have to find a level of rugby that they've never found before. Um, so for all of those people who don't believe, I do believe it is possible to, to, to win in New Zealand for these Lions, but they're going to have to find something that we haven't seen from any of those players. Um, so you know, whatever, eight out of 10 or nine out of 10 in terms of their performance, when Jonesy marks them in the Sunday Times, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they've, got, they've got to, fi- to find 15 out of 10 if they want to beat the All Blacks um, and that is possible uh, but they've got to do it collectively and they've got to do it all on the same day um, and, and you know I don't want to be too downbeat about it, they have to believe that they can win because so much of rugby is won and lost before a ball's even been kicked and I know that sounds a bit stupid to say it but it's the truth and especially when you play in New Zealand against the All Blacks because they believe they're going to win and uh, you know and they keep, everyone keeps telling us how hard those midweek games are. And of course, they're hard. But someone needs to gently remind them that they're playing the British and Irish Lions as well. And they're going to be hard for them, too. Very good, good. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> I like that, Lord. Well, people, well done. I and mean, people
2: used to ask me, um, why do I always give Lawrence Delalio at least nine out of ten after a match? <laughs> 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 I said, well, it's obvious I might bloody meet him in the week ahead.
4: Because <laughs> <laughs> I know where you live. No, belief is a big thing, you know, it's it's a massive thing and, uh, you know. It's what what Warren
3: Gatland said when he announced the, when he was announced as the Lions uh, coach in Edinburgh in, was it, January, sometime earlier this season, first thing he said was I want to take people who believe, he didn't say I want to take the best in this position, the strongest in that position, the best lineup." he said if they don't believe they're going to win then I really don't want them and that sort of, not just Lions, that takes you back. Lawrence understands that. He played with Gatland in a Was team that had a core of steel, of self-belief. It's very easy to say, do you think you can win it? And you go to your coach, yeah, I think I can win it. But they're saying it, Lawrence isn't there, and there's that deep-seated belief, and it's deep down in your guts, and it's visceral, and you can't articulate it, but it's either there or it's not. Jonesy, you're a man
1: with um, uh, friends in New Zealand, or a friend maybe, I don't know, maybe not even that Um <laughs> It's it's not just on the pitch, is it? It's, it's it's all around. I just, what sort of reception do you think the Lions will get this time? But I, I asked with Brilliant. my own memories of two thousand and five in mind, when uh, it was clear that the. All Blacks, uh, or the nation didn't just want to win, but they wanted to rub noses in, in the ground. No question. And, 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 that was, um, and that wasn't just the team, it was the, the Kiwi media and, I mean, they had, and they the man on
4: the street the, as well. They had just lost the World Cup, though, hadn't they? So in, they hadn't won, I mean, they hadn't won a World Cup you know, No, well, uh, since 87, so they had a point points approved. You're,
1: you're right to Crow, Lawrence, and I think that was part of the reason. <laughs> they absolutely hated the fact there was a bunch of World Cup winners coming over there. Quite
4: right. And the coach as well. They probably hated him more, too. Absolutely, I, I, yeah. Well, he, he, did, he did go there. He did go there and
3: saying, it's a little island and we're going to buy success with money because we're richer than your country. And he had Alistair Campbell with him, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Say no more. I sympathised with New Zealand on that tour. I tell you what, it, it, does, it
2: does, I mean, I guess in this room, we're all rugby fans, but New Zealand does cause you to reassess the point the, the, the part that rugby plays in your life because at the end you just don't want to see one <laughs> rugby match ever again you don't want to talk to a waiter who wants to talk about rugby you don't want to talk to a, the bloody the when you're going to cut through through immigration the bastards they always know yeah Honestly, yeah, <laughs> <obviously, laughs> jesus christ at the end you just want to get in that terminal on the way out and you want to go and watch a cricket match
4: honestly <laughs> I, I remember being, I, when I joke about uh, breaking my leg uh, in Rotorua, which wasn't a joke, clearly it was, it was very painful, and, uh, and James Robson, the Lions doctor, came onto the field and attended to me, and I'd fractured, dislocated my ankle, so it was basically facing in the opposite direction, and and, I, and he sort of glided it back into place which was good uh, and then I was, and I was, as I was being stretched off the field the game started again and the guy stretching me off was sort of watching the game I took my lion shirt off uh, and I gave it to, uh, to another guy as I was going off saying "Look, could you hang that on the peg of the guy that I'm playing against because I'm sure he'll want that and then I arrived at hospital I kid you not it, Rotorua General Hospital uh, there was no one there because they were all at the game. <laughs> and they, they left a very young junior orthopedic surgeon there. Um, he must have lost the three-card something. I don't quite know what happened. <laughs> he was there and he looked at me, he came out as I was being lifted off the ambulance and he, he looked at me and said, mate, he said, I've just seen it on the telly. He said, I reckon you fractured dislocated your ankle. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm lying there with my ankle facing the wrong way.
2: <laughs> and then he started
4: foaming at the mouth and he got terribly excited. And then he looked at me, and said, can I have your kit? <laughs> <laughs> at which point I then said to him, listen, you go and get me some morphine, young man. You can have the entire kit bag. The <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and then uh, I, 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 the, the surgeon came back from, from the match. Um, the, the, the senior surgeon, he was clearly uh, over, over, quite over refreshed. Um, <laughs> He looked at my leg and he said, yeah, we'll uh, we'll operate on that in the morning. Uh, I looked for the doctor, uh, Gary O'Driscoll, who now sits next to Arsene Wenger. Not sure for how much longer, obviously, but he sits, next to, he sits next to Arsene Wenger. And I said, Gary, there is no way this guy's operating on me in the morning. I said, Go and find me whoever operates on Sean Fitzpatrick. I said that, I said, that, that is who is operating on me in the morning. <laughs>
2: anyway, that was it. good fun. Very good. Very good.
1: Steve, Steve, are you going to ex- expand a bit? I mean, do we need to talk about Queenstown and urinals, or do you, do you want to tell the story yourself? <laughs> <laughs> just the, the popular... I mean, you are, you are a celebrity there. I mean, you're, no, are you not man. one of the three best-known best people, or the most-hated people? Well, third
2: third most-hated. Right. Well, the Queenstown thing, I don't know if you've been here, there's, there's a real dodgy club in Queenstown. It's a really good bar, actually. No, it's terrible. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> And uh, they've, they've done, because they hated Wayne Barnes, the referee, after. Um, was it 19, uh, Sorry, 2007, 2007, 2007, the France game, yeah. yeah. And they hate me. They, they've done these huge ceramic arrived uh, urinals, about this, they're about this big, which you wee into a kind of face of myself and Wayne Barnes. <laughs> it's, true. it's true.
4: It's a bust of your head. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is.
2: But it, it is true. I've actually gone on it. No, yeah, no. You did. when went on holiday with his family. He said, "Steve, I just had a piss in your face." <laughs> <laughs> but the worst thing is, and it's taken away all. the... This, this is true. It's taken away all the glory. Is that now they've added a third? It's me, Wayne Barnes, and Trump. does <laughs> 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 it?
3: actually I could, Steve I could if, I could come, if I could come in there it's not the good news for you is it's back to two but Wayne has been removed now so it is just you and the Donald how would is you it? choose how would you choose I, I'm actually seriously pissed off about that
1: what
2: <laughs> you, you seem you seem distraught I am seriously
0: Don't <laughs> on <laughs> VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen.
2: VoiceOver on, settings.
0: So you can navigate it just by listening.
2: Books, contacts,
4: calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11.
0: And get on with your day. Accessibility, there's more to iPhone. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
4: I mean, isn't that a lot to do with the New Zealand psyche, though? Brad? They always like, from, from growing up from an early age in rugby, they like to drive the agenda on the pitch. They like to drive the agenda off the pitch. And occasionally you get people who don't, you know, genuflect and worship the ground that they walk on and might challenge them in a few different areas in terms of their belief systems, and they take exception to that. And, you know, I... I mean, Clyde Woodward, the first thing he did, which was brilliant as a coach, you know, he did a lot of things right, he did a lot of things wrong, but one of the best things he ever did when he first took over England was uh, in 1997, because he had a long way to go in terms of his coaching career. He said, uh, Right, where do the All Blacks stay when they come, come and play in England? They said, when the bloke sort of looked down the list, he said, Well, they stay in this place called the Pennyhill Park Hotel. He went, not anymore they don't he said we're going to chuck them out <laughs> <laughs> and you know, uh, isn't it funny how the All Blacks were criticising the Penny Hill Park Hotel when they came over here for the last World Cup well yeah. they were the ones that chose that as the best place to stay uh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that that's a great story it was just no, a little
4: that. signal to send to them saying we're not as good as you yet but we're going to come and get you and uh, <laughs> <laughs> pioneer uh, Lawrence on
1: the subject of the Lions team uh, obviously uh, the withdrawal
4: of Billy Van Oh, it's um, a nightmare. Absolutely ha- nightmare. How, how does that affect? Well, I've had where some bad are. text messages in my life. I can assure you, plenty. But uh, that what was, he told you first, that—that that was no, 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 no. You told me, but that, that was that was not great news for anyone. I mean, it was. I mean, you wrote a piece saying if there's one player that you wouldn't want to lose, or he would be up there in the top four or five, he'd be absolutely number one at the moment. Yeah, got, I, I said he's my number two yeah. after Farrell he's got to be well that's a backs forwards thing isn't it really but (laughs) (laughs) you you know that forwards win matches all right you know listen he was in absolutely devastating form and uh, you know not only does it uh, I mean he's and also you know he was one of the players that you genuinely New Zealand although they wouldn't admit it would have been Very concerned about you know because he's in devastatingly good form. He can do things. He's one of the most improved players in world rugby, I think. He's probably playing the best rugby of you know of any forward in in the world at the moment, and he can do things that few players can do. And and actually, he's one of those guys that people can can really follow. And so I'm I was very very a big sigh you know big sigh came out of myself and and every single person that I you know that, that. Thinks about the starting fifteen would have unquestionably whether you're Scottish, Welsh, Irish or English, put him down as the number eight and probably one of the key men on the tour.
1: But it affects more than just that position, doesn't it? The whole balance of the. Bat Rose going to change, Bar- Jonesy Barnesy. How does that how does that move now? I think the number sixes are going to have a different personality as well. Well,
3: there's a big shift now. I mean, Billy was a ball carrier, fantastic at the breakdown. As Lawrence says, I, you know, I'm a back, but I still think Lawrence, he's the number one man. So it's not a back forwards things and forwards actually give you an opportunity to win matches. They don't necessarily do it. (laughs) (laughs) They need these intelligent little people to put them in the right place. They win ball, they win ball in their own 22, no bloody use to anyone. The number nine, the number 10, they put them there, and then the forwards trundle over like exit from two yards. And then they say, we won the game, we decided. They don't. But anyway, I I will agree about Billy Vunipola. Sorry, that was a digression, where were we? <laughs> yeah. On oh, the back row. You take him on a night out in New Zealand, Barnsley, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the back Just pro- digress whatever you want,
1: Barnsley, Just, <laughs> You're riffing now.
3: The, the back row. Um, Billy is a great carrier, brilliant over the breakdown. As Lawrence says, he's probably the best player in the world at the moment. Um, there was a chance they were gonna play uh, Talupe Faletau, who's had a sensational end of the season. <laughs> he's going some playing well for Bath, the way they're playing at the moment. But he could have played six, he's got a line-out forward, he's another carrier, but he's going to have to go to eight, he's going to have to go to eight, because he's a class act, you need a top-level eight. So what do you do at six? You then say, do we need another ball carrier there? I mean, uh, Sean O'Brien comes into it because with Faletel going to eight and, and Vunipola dropping out, you've lost your out-and-out ball carrier. I think that's the key thing, somebody's got to just go bang, bang, bang. And people have been saying C.J. Stander, but Stander I think does it to a certain level and that's an international level as well, but I've just been watching him the last two months and I'm thinking he carries a lot. It's this this awful statistics thing, you know, he's made 28 carries and you go, wow, let's make him man of the match. And then you realise he's gone minus two metres. And it it, it was the old Steve Borthwick thing, Steve, wasn't it? Everyone used to say, Borthwick has carried really well today and he's gone backwards over 12 carries. So, it, it, the number of carries don't matter, it's the impact of the carries. And Billy had massive impact. And he carried so hard and fast, he could have pulled Kieran Reed off the wing, where he's so dangerous for New Zealand and changed the way New Zealand play their game. And that has gone now. So, it's a major restructure of the back row.
4: What's, uh, Lawrence, what, what would your back row makeup be now with that, with that, Billy? Yeah, well, I mean, it's. It, it, it is, because he's, he's genuinely world-class. So, you know, Faletel um, hopefully will step up and, and perform, you know, way beyond the levels that we've seen uh, this season anyway, because he, he will have to. I think Peter amani is another one who may, may, may have only been taken on the tour um, to really uh, play in some of those midweek games, but actually could end up being, you know, forcing his way into the test side. I just worry about, I mean, there will... <laughs> Unfortunately, as much as I hate to say it, I don't think Billy will be the last person in the back row that won't, the, the, you know, that won't finish mm. the Lions Tour. It is such an attritional position. You know, um, there's normally an average, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but about eight replacements on the mm. Lions Tour. They it's budgeted ha- for eight to 10. That's eight, what to ten, ten eight to 10, bannies, but yeah. we've had two already. Yeah. Uh, we haven't even taken off yet. And we've got a couple of, you know, uh, some, uh, so there will be some, some, some more. And I look at some of those players and, and look at you know how they get through the Six Nations. You know everyone's complaining about the Six Nations taking place over seven weeks. Well, up the intensity by two or three notches, and then you've got the Lions tour really. So it's going to be very very tough. Um, but they, that's that, that's the challenge they face. I, th- I hope Sean O'Brien raises um, you know is, is one of those players. And uh, and there'll be one or two that we haven't we're not talking about now that will hopefully come through. What it does do is put even more onus on the tight five to really turn the screw. On the uh, on the All Blacks, I mean, if there was an area where we were going to attack them, it's going to be in the tight five as well. And the reason why New Zealand have improved their rugby so much from even where they were ten years ago is because their tight five have, 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 have actually got a set piece that fronts up, whereas it used to be challenged. But I think Gatland sees that as a real area where they they've got to attack New Zealand, and and uh, and hopefully that'll um, you know that will come off.
1: How um, how uh, how good are these All Blacks at the moment, um, guys? Have it- They've obviously double world champions. They've got question marks over whether their captain's going to be fit. Their superstar hooker's not played for three months or so, or, or hardly. Is there anything in in the media that's overhyping them at the moment, or are they as good as we all think they are? Jonesy, go on.
2: We well, I mean p- people spend their lives in terror terror of the All Blacks. I remember in um, in two thousand and three when England won the World Cup, they went down to to um, New Zealand on tour, and, and they beat New Zealand in New Zealand, that famous time when they had a, a six-man pack, and I was just so excited by this. and I went up to Lawrence after and said, oh, I can't believe it, you know, you beat New Zealand in New Zealand. And Lawrence said, for Christ's sake, ca- calm down. He said, we were crap. Right. And, and, and that's, the, that's the attitude to New Zealand that no one has. We just let them, however they want to play the game, however they want the game refereed, However, they want it coached. However, they want the system to be at the, at home. They try and foist it on everybody else. And the the way to to, to, to beat them is not to say we're going to beat you at our at, at your game. We're going to go down there and play our play our game. So the course they're overhyped. They always are. There's you never find a Kiwi newspaper which doesn't have fifteen Kiwis in the world. Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, 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 I'm serious. And and you know it's. Look, you can't argue with their results, but you know, at the moment in the, in the, China, in the four nations down there, Argentina rebuilding, Australia really struggling, South Africa, and um, the disastrous time because of quotas and, and things like that. So, you know, it's not that difficult. The Six Nations is no stronger, but because they're overhyped and the question is to cut through all the hype, they've got 15, Lions have got 15, the pitch is the same, the ball's the same, the referees this time are French, not the usual cheats that we get when we go, when we go down. And I, mean, I mean it. I mean, you look at the history of it. So, you know, don't, don't bother, don't get sucked in by the aura. There's 15 of them, 15 of us. Well, that's true,
3: but if you look at the win record, New Zealand have lost one series in the history to the Lions. If you look at New Zealand in the last six years, they've lost two games out of 2,368. The, these are... These are significant statistics. <laughs> it's a fair point. These are significant. And, and it doesn't really matter what we say, it's what players believe. And I see players and I talk to players and I look in the players' eyes. And most players don't have what Warren Gatlin wants, which is a belief that they can win. And that, that is a, a significant issue. Steve's right, by the way. You know, the, the French referees mm-hmm. will be a big boost for the Lions if they can get at the All Blacks in the scrum. But it, 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 it is a monumental test. They are joint World Cup winners. You know, They were an outstanding team here in England. They were an outstanding team in 2015. They lost McCaw, they lost Carter, they lost Conrad Smith, they lost Mar four brilliant players. And for the first year after that, they became an even better team. Uh, you know, they've lost one game since the World Cup, and that was in Chicago, when they were doing an imitation of me and were on the piss. Um, so. <laughs> you you cannot underestimate you cannot overhype i don't think you can overhype new zealand and you can't overestimate the challenge for the lions not to say they don't have a chance but it is to say i i I'd show new zealand a lot more respect than steve i think they won the the the, the winning record shows they're one of the greatest sporting teams on this planet, I mean, the, they the, win.
1: The, Barnsley, you will never get a
4: urinal like that. No, no. You've got to work harder. <laughs> well, the, the other the other, <laughs> the, the other, statistic that doesn't lend itself to, to uh, very favourably is that I don't think the All Blacks have lost at Eden Park since 1994. Really? Um, yeah. and, and two of the uh, test matches out of the three are at Eden Park. So when I say that the players who are playing for the Lions have to play 15 out of 10, I mean 15 out of 10. It's fair to say that, that we know all the Lions players, and we talk about them intimately, about you know, their strengths and weaknesses. In New Zealand, I promise you now, they would, there's a players on this tour that they would have not heard of. And they won't, they won't I mean, not the New Zealand management, but the New Zealand public, you know, because they don't watch a lot of our rugby. They're so obsessed with their own rugby. Um, and there are players on this tour that they won't know a huge amount about. And that's the way it is in New Zealand. You, you've got to go and earn their respect. And the only way you can get respect from people in New Zealand is to beat them. And, uh, and and that's the challenge that these guys have got. And you know Ben Clark was the was the man of the series in '93. And I'm not sure how many people knew about Ben Clark before before he arrived in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. But by God, they wanted to keep him by the end of the tour. And you know you've got to approach the tour and say I want these I want these people to to, to want me to stay behind. In fact, uh, or, or put me on the first plane home because they really hate me. But you need to win their respect. And I and I think if the Lions have that mentality, then that will go a long way towards helping them for sure. I mean,
3: I'm mean, i going to just say one thing there, what you said about New Zealanders, management will know but fans won't, I was talking to Dan Carter at the European Cup final, and I was chatting about, you know, what sort of research will the All Blacks have done on the Lions, and he smiled and he had that sort of, you've caught us out here and he said, to be honest we don't watch a lot of rugby from Europe he said we really don't, we watch the big European occasions, because it's amazing with 80,000 there, but he said we won't know a lot of the players, and he sort of said you know, we sort of pretty interested in what we do ourselves. So you're absolutely right there. And there is I mean there is definitely a sort of we're the best, so why do we need to look? And that's a, somewhere where the lines have to come up with something a little bit different.
1: But that's also a mentality that could one day stitch them
4: up if you stop, Yeah, definitely. If you stop looking, stop learning and believe in your own Yeah, but they be, they too much. they believe that they are the pioneers and until we start doing things differently and challenging them in a bit in a different way, that they, they will continue to to pioneer they're the ones that set the rules and then they decide that we get them 12 months later don't they so yeah you know we've got to we got to cut all that out in world rugby very soon so so if if
1: the, the lines are to have the right mentality they will we'll clearly have to have an Owen Farrell somewhere um crucial to the game plan I just just wonder what uh what our panel thinks should be the the 10-12 combination there are there are uh there are three possibilities. Why well, do we have a show of hands? There's a popular uh, uh, section at ten and Farrell at twelve combination alternative. You have section at ten and a another at twelve, or or uh, Farrell at ten and a another at twelve. Who, who would be who would be for the uh, Sexton Farrell combination here? Yeah.
3: Jesus, I'd better rewrite my column <laughs> <on> sunday <laughs> <laughs> you, you used to say that, Barns. If you will ch- your turn. All it season, up. all season, I all season I've said that um, because I thought Sexton and Farrell were the two best playmakers that uh, British Nile, Irish Lions had, and I thought you had to get them on the field. Um, Johnny is looking a little bit troubled and I think Farrell right now is playing so much better at fly half than him even though he didn't have a great game but hey, we all have bad games now and again against Exeter. F- Farrell has been different level to him this season and the other thing that worries me, Owen tackles very high, he's got this rugby league, comes at you like that and at 10, sheltered a bit, but when he gets in that wider channel, as <coughs> you saw in the European Cup final, when uh, Peseli Iato, the sen- uh, flanker, just smashed him. He goes high like that, the All Blacks would go straight through, and I think now there's just been an end of season shift. I think Sex is not fully fit, I think mentally he's not quite there, and I think Farrell suddenly has become the one, and it's a really interesting article in the Sunday top- supplement coming up. <laughs> some of you might want to think again you might want to think again look I,
2: I, I'm not going to go uh, against the majority of Times Plus members <laughs> <laughs> except um, I'm sorry but uh, you're all wrong um, I'm afraid what Warren in terms of inside sent first of all I don't think Shexton is anywhere remotely near how good he can be no. and he's not ready to be savagely targeted which he will be I think Farrell is the sort of character who will love being targeted and give a bit back, but as for the as for the inside centre, the 10-12 combination, you have to remember that Warren Gatland is, for 95% of his of his career as an international coach, his inside centre has been Jamie Roberts, who's six foot five and 19 stone, and I, I think that's what you'll go for this time, the biggest and the baddest, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's not like Eddie Jones picking Ford and then Farrell for. The relative twang- tranquillity of the Six Nations—it's a horrible environment—and I'm really sorry, but I don't think Johnny Sexton is part of that. I agree,
4: Lawrence. Well, I think well, I th- I'd like to see Sexton and Farrell play alternate games at ten. I don't, I don't, you know. You don't want them together. I don't. I don't like Farrell as a twelve, not because I don't like him. I think he's world class, you know, brilliant player. But I just think that you know, it's a deficiency in the English game that we play him at twelve. Um, I don't think Ford deserved to play ten all season, quite frankly, but I think Farrell should have been at ten all season. So I'd like to see Owen at ten.
1: Well, England yeah. haven't developed a good enough twelve to no, replace. No, no, exactly. It at so, the so
4: therefore, I mean, I'd like to think that you know, there's they play three games each at ten, and you pick the best ten, you know, or the fittest one. Uh, okay,
1: um, let's just go down the line. Uh, the makeup of the squad. Um, who uh, who do you feel has been uh, most hard done by not to be in there?
3: I think you'd better start with Lawrence the Wasp here as a clue.
4: Well, I mean, you know, it's it's scandalous that Launchbury's not in the team. I mean, and not just because he's a Wasp. I mean, I, I said to the lad, you know, I said to him, you know, you you, you couldn't have done any more. Um, you know, you, he's not self-publicist, which is unlike his previous Wasp captain. Previous Wasp captains, actually, but uh, yeah, so uh, you know he's been outstanding and and um you know i don't know what what, it, what people what it is about Lawrence people say oh well, he's not you know he's he's not physically is he not maybe the mongrel that certain other players are i think it's
1: because he's um got a nice haircut doesn't he has a lisp but he doesn't have any tattoos i just think he looks nice i don't think he looks hard
4: well he doesn't call line outs does he and that's the that's the real crux of the matter um and i think you know horror but that's the case who would
1: you have Steve who's not there
2: uh, I'd have, I would have started with Haskell I would have put him in the team first of all I think there are too many blind sides there they could have weeded them out and put James there Going uh, th- I, I do have to say that the, the, this team is one of the better selected Lions teams some of them have been disastrous and this is a reasonably selected
3: Lions team I, I, when you're asking that I mean I, it's very difficult to work out <sighs> who's really unlucky I mean Lordsbury is the obvious one. Now, I wouldn't say this bloke's unlucky, but I think it's a wrong selection of leaving him out, and that's Dylan Hartley. Now, Hartley has not had a very good season. Um, He's missed tackles. People have forgotten that he used to have an offloading and a carrying game. He's a skillful footballer, and he's really just stopped completely. I mean, things have gone badly at Northampton. He's had his suspensions. It's been a bad season, but throughout his mediocrity around the park, what he has done... His throw bloody accurately all the time and I, I was just watching the Saracen scrum the last few games and I'm thinking they got Mako and Jamie George and uh, both the second rows yet they're getting murdered by Exeter and I thought okay I know uh, Mako scrummage is not as strong as other parts of his game but is there maybe something in the fact that Jamie George is a really strong impact sub and Hartley is also a bloody good scrummager. And, Actually, you know, George
1: has slightly dropped off the last few. I, I think well, he has, and
3: L- Lawrence made a point earlier saying, you know, you, you take on the All Blacks, you have to have a go at their front five. If you, if you don't beat their front five and they're on the front foot, you are going to lose the series. So you need front five forwards who are technically really good at what they do. And okay, Hartley hasn't been flash. Um, you know, two months ago, I was saying he shouldn't be going, but as it's got towards the end, you're thinking, hang on a minute, what are the priorities? And I think, not that he's unlucky, because I don't think he's played well, but I think it's a wrong selection, because I think by the end of the season, he was playing better than he had for England, but his set piece work is crucial. And you look at Rory Best, who under pressure really struggles there. I look at Jamie George, and I think there's a question mark. Ken Owens is in great form, but that's the only one. So I think Dylan Hartley is not unlucky, um, but wrongly left out.
1: I think a Hooker's just one position where the Lions aren't just, where they don't have devastationally strong yeah. player, I would say that. Uh, but my, the player that I think should, should be on that trip that isn't is uh, the guy who didn't get the call up as the number, as the replacement three scrum half, which is uh, Richard Wigglesworth. Um, I didn't mind that he wasn't on the original trip, but, uh, but to put Greg Laidlaw ahead of him, I thought was, mm. um, Agreed. Uh, the, the idea of a scrum half of, uh, of Connor Murray or Reece Webb going injured and and Laidle having to come off the bench in a test match uh, would... Um, this, is, would this, is, this is just... A... He can't box kick, No, his, his delivery is slow, and they don't need a leader or a kicker because they've got enough of them. Mm.
3: This, this is a really weird piece of logic, because Greg Laidl's going because uh, he plays for Scotland. So Richard... <laughs> uh, no, it is. No, no, no. Well, that logic didn't work with the initial squad, did it? <laughs> no, uh, but Warren Gatland, has he said, I'm going on international form. He plays international rugby. For whatever reason, Richard Wigglesworth, uh, maybe Eddie Jones thinks he's too old and he won't be there for Japan, that's two years away. The Lions is the here and now. So if Richard Wigglesworth was born in Scotland and was playing for Glasgow, all of us here would have assumed he would have been the Scottish scrum half. Had he been the Scottish scrum half, he would have been an initial selection of the Lion. So where is the logic? Just because he's English and plays for what? Him not going ahead of Laidlaw, I don't get it.
4: Okay. Well, he, he's actually, Lovely to agree. Well, he, has been, he has been now called up to the England squad for the... Uh, Wigglesworth has. Yeah. For yeah. the barbarians. Yeah. Squad. So, What's a great honour for him. And there are now more... <laughs> the, there are now more Scottish squad members in the Lions than there are members of the Vinopola family as well.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, let's just go down the line and... a. Um, a test series prediction. We'll start at your end, Barnsley.
3: Yeah, I thought so. Um, well, start here if you want. No, I. Um, I think New Zealand will win three-nil.
1: <laughs> Can only get better. <laughs> Go, on, Jonesy. Brighten up the day.
2: Oh God, it's so difficult. I've been on so many of these trips. It's very, very difficult. If they win one, I'm afraid to say it'll almost be some kind of moral victory. If I had to back it, uh, God! if they win the second test, it would be brilliant. How could they be ready for the first time? Heroic? It's in f- heroic. <laughs> it's in four weeks' time or something stupid like that. They've just got no time to prepare, and it can't, it can't go on being like this. If I, if I had to put my swear, swear in blood, they'd lose 3-0, but I, they, they maybe just have it in them to win one. If it's one of the first two, great, because it means the third test
4: is then live. I I think that you you can't underestimate the importance of winning that first test. It was the same in 97 in South Africa. Um, Momentum, because actually New Zealand, as much as as rugby is their strength, it's also their weakness as well, because if they lose, which is quite inconceivable to them, but if they did lose that first test, the entire nation will turn on their team. Yeah. It is quite, you know. And when I say turn on the <coughs> team, it's like the first five questions in Parliament on on, mon- on, <laughs> on, 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 on Monday morning. So I, I will I will go out and say that if the Lions win that first test, um, and it's a big if, then I, th- I can see them winning the series 2-1. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
4: if 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 they lose the first test if they lose the first test i think they'll lose the series 3-0 i just
3: say if i have my prediction sorry the
4: first one
1: sorry owen no no i i i'm sort of with jonesy I, i I can't see a way. I can't see a logical way to argue that they could win. That should win the first test. It's um, every, every, it, yeah. it, everything
4: has to go in your favour. It just doesn't seem mm-hmm. to yeah. work.
1: So I, I think they could win the second test because they'll have had a. They'll have a, a have, have had a match. They'll have a run out. They'll be better. Uh, I, I would just pray for it to go to that third test. One all. the the, the series to the live would be wonderful. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah.